Catch new episodes of Dial the Gate weekends at youtube.com slash dialthegate. And for the latest schedule, visit dialthegate.com. Welcome to episode 19 of Dial the Gate. My name is David Reed. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you're having a great weekend. We just got off uh, with the phone with uh, the video chat with Sue Ann Braun Hathor from Stargate SG-1. And now I have a friend of mine waiting in the wings. You know him as Aiden Ford. You may also know him as Detective Chuck Beeman from Umbrella Academy. It is... Actor Rainbow Sun Franks waiting in the wings over here. <laughs> I have it. I, I have him in my earphones here. So, before we bring Rainbow in, I have something that I would like to ask everyone to do. Before we get started, if you like Stargate and you want to see more content like this on YouTube, it would mean a great deal if you click that like button. It really makes a difference with YouTube's algorithm and will definitely help the show grow its audience. Please also consider sharing this video with a Stargate friend. And if you want to get notified about future episodes, click the subscribe icon. Giving the bell icon a click will notify you the moment a new video drops, and you'll get my notifications of any last-minute guest changes. This is key if you plan on watching live, because these talent are working and things are getting crazy. And clips from this live stream will be released over the course of the next several days on both the Dial the Gate and GateWorld.net YouTube channels. Without further ado, let me bring in the man of the hour, Mr. Rainbow Sunfranks. Am I in? You are in. Hi, hi everybody. It's me. I'm Rainbow. <laughs> How are you today? I'm good, brother. How are you? I'm good. Are we streaming this as well? We are. Oh, hi, everybody. <laughs> That's sweet. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I've got Sorry, 70 I'm, people, 80, 80 concurrent viewers currently in here right I love, now. Wow. Love Say it. Hello to you. So hello. where are you right now? I'm um, you in Vancouver, in, you in Toronto. In, where are you? In my bedroom in Toronto, <laughs> Ontario, Canada. You're like a proton. I can never keep an eye on you. It's just like, it's oh, true. Well, I've, I've found that I, I, I found a containment unit for myself <laughs> during this, during this pandemic. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm just, Staying in these four walls, really, for the next while. Gosh, you managing okay? You're working. I'm working. We're lucky up here in Canada that we've um, managed to get us get it to the point where we can start filming. So I've uh, I've already shot two movies and a TV show and an, a guest on a TV show, and uh, I just started a new Netflix um, animated gig as well. Really? So tell me about the animated gig. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> okay it wouldn't be love death and robots would it no i wish oh isn't that brilliant no it's a brand new it's, okay. it's a brand new it's a it's a it's a show for kids and stuff i, I just signed the paper so no, I absolutely but... no very good well good for you that's 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 but it is fun it, it, it's a it's cool my character is really cool it, it's gonna be a fun project was it strange going back to work um the first 
time i guess i we i started working in july i think was okay. the first time we, we went back and it was super weird also more just the interactions with everyone um you know on set it's it's such a family and and you become this family as you build and work together over the weeks or months uh or years obviously but yeah even when you start a new project it's like you want to get your relationship started early and like you know getting to know everyone so that you're comfortable working those long hours and with the masks on i i didn't even know what anyone looked like so it's really hard to know who you're meeting all the time when it's just this guy so you you have to start learning people by how they dress because (laughs) you know and like sort of like their body shape and stuff because i don't really know what they look like and um so that made it really sort of strange um once you, we got over it and got into the work, it was fine. But it's weird. The precautions, there's different hours now. Do you have uh, uh, wristbands or, like, watches that you wear for, like, proximity? I know Martin Woods, his projects, are they're doing all that. Everyone's yeah, wearing that, wristbands. They're yeah, like so the, the different color wristbands. It's like going to the nightclub now. It's like you get VIP and stuff like that. I mean, I don't have it because I'm acting, so they can't put the wristband on Right, us, that's but. true. Yeah, so, but uh, making yeah. it work. It's it's just weird. There's a lot of precautions. There's testing every you know three days, um, which is great. It's just great. Uh, I'm just happy to be able to work. To be honest, like I didn't work for almost a year, you know, because um, this sort of hit after being off for Christmas, and I yeah. had just shot High Fidelity, and I thought that we were like I was just taking a break and getting ready to shoot the next season, and then all of a sudden we got canceled, and I was like. Oh, great. And then we're in lockdown and then there's just no work. And I'm just like, oh, good. What happens next? Yeah. Eat my fingers and sell everything I own is what happens next. Yeah, basically. Trying to survive, you know? But uh, yeah, so I'm really happy that we're back to work. Yeah. You are from Toronto. So you're back in your home city. Yeah, I'm at home. And you are from an acting family. Very much. Rest in peace, Don. Yeah. Um, who tell us about young rainbow franks <laughs> and, and, um, and i mean and cree you have an older sister you know, i do who, who is also in the in the family profession your mom too my mom uh is a professional dancer and got into acting as well and does a lot of theater um to this day she still she still does theater which is amazing was it a foregone conclusion that this is what you were going to do with your life or um, were they open to you becoming whatever you were going to become, whatever was going to um, make you happy? So the first job I ever did, uh, I was like three years old and I had, um, I had two lines or two or three lines, uh, on this CBC Canadian broadcasting company, uh, show called hanging in. And my father got cast and then, um they need he got cast as a sort of hippie gypsy hippie guy who like travels around and they uh they asked him about having a family and he said well i'll just bring my freak ass family on (laughs) and so they hired all of us so my mom and my sister and we all were in this thing and that was the first thing i ever said on television And, and my only line that made it was and my name's rainbow and I was like Aww. this big in my mom's arms, which was amazing. Uh, so I was like, my dad made sure that we were at least comfortable and also visiting him on set since I was that big. Uh, it only seemed natural, I think, for my sister and I. She got started early as well. Um, 
I think she started when she was eight or maybe seven or eight um, doing some films. So it was, it was one of those things that we knew exactly what was possible if we wanted it. Uh, I rebelled several times in my life. I, um, in high school, I decided I didn't want to do that. Uh, I was going to play basketball. I was going to do all this other stuff. And then, and then it always came back. You know, my dad would be like, Hey, there's an audition. If you want it, you know, your agent, I know you said you don't want to do this, but there's an audition if you want it. So around 16, I went back and I did a movie um, with a great director named Clement Virgo, uh, a black director from from Toronto who was always pushing boundaries with his film. And he, he, he was an amazing, he still is an amazing man. I haven't talked to him in a minute, though. Um, we ended up doing like five movies together. Wow. And, and that was when I decided, okay, I guess I'm, I'm doing this. He hired me and basically put me in every single project of his for the next few years. And, um, and then I was like, okay, uh, this is all I'm doing. My dad sat me down one day. He's like, you can do a regular job or you can, you know, come here and do this. And it really wasn't a choice for me. It was like, yeah, I'll do this. Yeah. 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 And, but I've been doing this a long fucking time. That's all I know. And you know, there's still struggling. Well, that, that's that's a part of the process. I mean, you know, ninety four percent. I think I forget what it was. Tony Amendola told us it a, a few weeks ago. You know, ninety four percent of you are out of work any given week, and oh, yeah. so there's a certain rhythm that you have to get into it, or you'll just kill yourself. You know, yeah. one in ten auditions. If you get one in ten, it's you're doing good. You know, one in ten is great. Wow. Yeah, yeah, one in ten is great. There was a there was a time when I was I was booking fifty percent for a minute, and my agent called me. He's like, "I don't know what you're doing," but like because they take like stats. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "You're killing the stats right now." But then the next, you know, the next six months, it's like you don't even you don't get anything. You know, you it's a weird it up while you can. You know, the, the you have to have such thick skin to do this for a long time because people can do it for a little while. But when it's tough, you know, there's after Stargate, there was a while I, I did another TV show, but there's a while when I just didn't work very much at all. And uh, it was mostly because of myself, because it's also just what you, how you're feeling as well. You know, it's going to affect how you do in auditions and all that stuff. So I, I would imagine, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit, but I would imagine, I yeah. mean, you're, you're promised a promised, you know, a, a yeah. five year contract, oh. you know, oh, right out of the gate. And then, yeah. you know, the, I mean, the whole process of making a television show is so purely subjective and you can't, they're, they're going to take it in whatever way they want. And not everybody gets to stay on that, that boat as it sails from one end to the other. And there was a lot of yeah. cast rotations in that particular show. And in the case of Atlantis, <laughs> most of us didn't get to stay on the boat Yeah, or they fell off and then they dragged them back on somehow. <laughs> <laughs> you had your cameo too. So, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Thanks to Martin Garrow. That was a, that's a great little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I um, love Garrow. Garrow's great. He's a good guy. And what, we want to talk about yeah. someone prolific. I mean, he's just not stopping. Uh, who are uh, some of your personal heroes? Professionally, uh, but both as just, you know, as a person, someone that you look up to as, as just a good, honorable human being, you know? Um, I mean, it's so many of my close friends are my heroes, you know, 
um, just got like people that I, 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 I would say like my friend Toby, you know what I mean? But it doesn't mean anything to anyone here. But I have so many of my close personal friends that I really look up to, like the people in my, my circle is very small. Mm. Um, but those that are in it, I look up to very much. But as far as like growing up and stuff, my father was everything to me. He was really my best friend. He was really um, made up who my sister and I are um, creatively and showed us what was possible, that you could do anything. He really, you know, it's like you, you always tell kids like, you can do anything. You can be anything. He was do everything and be anything. So he really showed, he didn't just say it. He showed by example that you could do anything you can take up any hobby you want and be almost at a professional level with it and whatever you do professionally you do at such a high level that everyone's in awe around you of your energy and the magic that you create he was such a great singer and performer and just such a great man and did such insane you know he was on the first um rainbow warrior uh going to save the whales with greenpeace uh, if you look through that book of, of the history of Greenpeace, he's right there, you know, um, so many, he, he helped be the foundation for Canadian television, a, a, an unsung hero in Canadian television, because we don't really have a star system here. We just sort of do the work and fade away in Canada, <laughs> unless we make it in America. Uh, he just did such wonderful, amazing things. And my sister, I feel the same way about, she's my hero. Um, She's taught me so much about being a good human and a good person. And, um, and creatively, she's just a genius as well. She's unbelievable. Yeah, I have, I have so many heroes and sheroes. I just worked with Catherine O'Hara. Uh, she's one, she's one of my Greek. heroes. Yes. She's one of my heroes in life. Oh, my God. I've not like, seen the what, show what? yet, but I, I'm you, looking you forward. No, it's on my list. I know it's good. So well, I, I I sneak in for like a minute and a half in the last season, uh, thanks to Dan Levy who who got me in there before it was over. Uh, but I got to do my scenes with Catherine O'Hara, and that was just like, oh. like, oh my god! Well, you're my yeah. age. We grew up on you know Home Alone and Beetlejuice, and you know the, the... well, and I and we had, and we had you know SCTV up here, yeah. which which was her and Eugene Levy just like That's going off. Right. Yeah, and John Candy, and you know, so we, yeah, we we were really, I was really lucky that that was just every day on TV, you know, it's like for anyone watching, it's like basically the greatest Saturday Night Live, uh, or like Mad TV or any of the like sketch shows, (laughs) but it was every day, you know, they were so, or Kids in the Hall, and we also had Kids Kids in the the Hall, hall. yeah. Man. Yeah, I have so many heroes. Michael Jordan's my hero. <laughs> Mike Tyson's my hero, man. Um, yeah, I have so many. There's so many people on this earth, but I see people when I'm going out to, you know, when we used to have conventions, I'd meet my heroes all the time, too. I'd be in awe of all these people that we'd meet um, all the time and hopefully become friends with some of them. Yeah. I don't know, man. The last time I was with you, uh, we were, we were sharing a a small space with David Deloise. Another tremendous powerhouse. Absolutely love that man. Yeah. So much. He, he has the 
ability to make everyone in the room feel calm and loved and special while his brother has the ability to yell and swear at you and still make you and still make you feel loved and special. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, absolutely. That's what you got to do to get someone out of you as a director, you know? Yeah. And that's yeah. some of the best kinds are the actors, directors. So yeah. have you, um, have you worked with Amanda Tapping as a director yet? I've not. Okay. I've not. And uh, she has taken a couple off. Of shows. There's been a couple of shows that I've auditioned for that she's, I, I've seen her name attached, but I just didn't get it. Okay. Uh, and I've never called her like, hey, man, uh, uh. <laughs> right, pulled up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just a matter of time, man. But she's oh, my she like she's always like when I'm getting one sheets, she's always on there. She must be just incredibly busy. I love her so much. She's so lovely. Perfect. Uh, perfectly genuine. You know, there's there's not We're... there's not a bit of of fake about her. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I have to say that we are so lucky for some reason. Uh, Stargate as an alumni we have this really amazing base of actors because everyone there's not one person that I've met that I really haven't gotten on with to be honest like which is like on other shows I can, I'm not going to like every right. other show I've done yeah other than high fidelity was the same way where it's just like, everyone just gets along. Everyone's lovely. Like everyone's amazing. Other shows have like horrible stories. Like people fucking hate each other and we're blessed. Like every time we go around the world and see each other, it's like, ah, there you are. Hey, buddy. You know I, mean? <laughs> I think that comes from the top. I think it's a tone that Richard Dean Anderson and Michael Greenberg set alongside uh, Brad Wright and Rob Cooper and Michael Greenberg in, in the beginning. And then season eight of SG one season one of Atlantis, when you came along, that was the standard, just no BS, you know, we're going to come, we're going to do the work and we're going to have fun. And if you don't want to have fun, this is not the place for you. Yeah. 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 I'll take that. Some of it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to Stargate. Did you see the, the feature film in the theaters? Uh, You're a bit of a sci-fi fan. Definitely a gamer. Uh, I'm more, I'm more than a bit of a sci-fi fan. Hold on just a second. I know. I'm- I can't breathe just a second. Sure. I'm going to mute you while I blow my nose like an asshole. <laughs> okay. And we're going to go over here, and you're going to get to stare at my lovely face while Rainbow blows his nose so that he can breathe. So look at these uh, this lovely menagerie back here, this this Stargate art you will be able to uh, oh, partake boy. in. Oh, you're, boy. You're, you're my guy. Stretch it out. Stretch it out. Stretch it out. The what? Um, <laughs> um yeah, uh, I didn't see the film in. Did I see it in theaters or did I see it on? I wasn't there. I re- I reckon I I reckon I saw it on uh, on VHS. Oh, okay. Yeah, I because I I didn't when I was young. I'm starting like I'm like I didn't go to the theater as much as I saw. Like I remember I saw you know I saw. Return of the Jedi, but I was like, oh. but I was like, I was like this, we bit. this big, yeah. yeah. But like that was uh, the the Star the Star Wars trilogy, the first trilogy was like, that's our Christmas movie in my family. Like that's what we would watch over Christmas together. Like my father and my sister, my mom didn't care for it, but <laughs> my father and my sister, we we that was what we would do all the time. Um, 
so I don't think I saw the original in theaters. I think I saw it on VHS. Was the series but already I, going at that point, or no, 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 no? Okay, this is before that. Yeah, this is before the television show. Yeah, and um, SG One. Did you follow it all when it was first airing? SG One, I knew of, but okay. I didn't watch it. Um, I had only seen maybe a few episodes mm-hmm. here and there. Um, in Canada, it wasn't. I, I didn't know where to watch it. It was kind of weird. In America, it would have been easier for me. Um, so when I got to set, I remember saying, "Hey, I know this much," and I said, "Hey, Brad, can uh, can I borrow some tapes?" And he just went like, "Hey, get Rainbow a set of tapes." And then the next thing I knew, I had all the seasons on DVD. So that's what I would do. <laughs> that's what I would do in my trailer. Uh, in between shooting when, when you know, when oh, it was hurry up, up, hurry up and wait time. Yeah. I was watching SG one uh, the whole time we were shooting first season. Why do you think um, the franchise is so evergreen? What, what keeps people coming back to it? Generation after generation, you've, you've now had a chance to meet a couple yourself, you know, the same, yeah. the same people who, and, and, and new audiences who are now discovering it on or new members of the audience who are now discovering it on streaming. What the hell yeah. is going on? Something's happening. I, I think Stargate has that really delicate balance of adventure, life lessons, and fun. There's comedy. There's, it really has that really lovely balance where it's a sci-fi show that gives you everything you're not watching it and you when you sit down you're like oh all right i gotta watch this show which is what i do for some shows you're like i gotta prepare to watch Uh this show mindset you're you're like no i can just sit down i can drop in i love all these characters it's still gonna be engaging but it's not overly anything it's just sort of wonderfully round you know it's a really rounded sort of show and that's uh i think that's what endears it to the audiences um yeah, I think I think it's just really a well balanced show. For and as far as sci fi goes, it's just like there's something for everyone in there. Absolutely, it yeah. just. Um, and I was talking with Sue Ann Braun earlier. It's like in some respects, it's more relevant now than it was, depending on whatever subject matter the episode deals with. So, and that's kind of spooky what when you go you along. Into, what got you into Stargate? Uh, Rick Richard Dean Anderson, I think, really was the hook for me because I you were such a MacGyver fan. No, not at all. I never. I, I mean, I knew who he was, you know, and I had, he had just come off of a TV miniseries um, called Pandora's Clock that had just come out before SG One had gone into syndication. It's good. I, I can get it to you if you want it. Um, yeah. And it's a. It's a. There's a virus on board a plane, and they have to land in Iceland, and people are freak. And actually, <laughs> it's eerily familiar to what's going on right, right I now. I think I'm good on viruses. Right now. Don't send it to me. <laughs> okay, when we're out of I'm this, I'll right send now. it to you. But uh, his energy and his humor uh, kept me coming back for more because I never knew what I was going to get with him. And then his polite sarcasm is so endearing. It's It's so endearing. You never know what he's going to throw at you. And then a few episodes in uh, when like Rob Cooper's episode, the torment of Tantalus came out, they started growing the show's mythology. And so it was really Rick and the mythology that got me into it, where it was like the show is going somewhere and I don't know where it's going, but it's going to be interesting. And I think that's what really did it for me. 
I think you 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 just hit something. The mythology is definitely something that makes Stargate special, also because there is some uh, root in Earth in true like human Earth history as well that we learn, and that's endearing. It's something that we're like can attach ourselves too quickly. We're like, I know these. And- yeah, it makes you want to go and educate yourself more because all they've done yeah. is adapted content. So if you want yeah. to know more about you know Earth history or yeah. mythos, you know that information's there to to the people yeah. who are curious about it. Yeah, I love that. I love that. What was it like watching this thing called Atlantis get built from the ground up? You know that that first time that you all met one another, the round table. I'm going to show you something. This is really funny. So uh, before we, to everyone watching, before we started, I had David on uh, and we were chatting for a minute. And uh, I showed him my apartment, which I won't show you because you're just not privy to that information. But uh, I showed David my apartment, which is currently filled almost to the ceiling (laughs) with boxes of stuff that has just been delivered to me from vancouver that i've had sitting in storage since i left vancouver so it's been there since atlanta a lot of that stuff is is all since uh atlanta oh, four. yeah and i left i think i left in uh 2009 or 2010 to come back to toronto for a bit and to go to la so i opened this box <clears throat> pardon me i opened this box and and it was just perfect timing because I, I was I was exhausted on the couch and I, I knew that we were going to do this. And I, I opened this box and I went and I just saw Rainbow Sun Franks and then I saw Lieutenant Ford on this binder. And then I keep looking and hold on. Yeah. I keep, oh, it's over there. I keep looking through this box and I see all these binders and they all have my name. And I remember that I used to keep all of my scripts and binders but i did find this it's gonna it's probably gonna be reversed because of the camera but um that's correct so this is my wow binder that they gave me when i arrived in vancouver so on this first page it says hello and welcome to vancouver Enclosed, you'll find a package of information to help familiarize yourself with the city. And this is the Stargate Atlantis. This the original is my, production logo. This is the very first package uh, that I got. Um, there's all the, and it's got all my little, it's got tabs and contacts of all the actors. It's my, my cast, the cast list. And this is the rising script. So the very first uh, pilot script. And so it's really cool. And it's like perfect because it's been in this binder. Did so you notate really cool while you went I along? Failed. Were you someone who notated your scripts? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, I'm, hold on. Oh, uh, okay. yeah, I'm pretty crazy. Um, so, so I kept going deeper and then yeah. I just found that I have all of, I have all my scripts from season one. I literally have, yeah, they're all marked up <laughs> crap and, and destroyed but um i know that people like these things so i'm not going to keep them so i guess maybe i'll find a way to get everyone to sign them and see if i can uh get rid of them for charity or something absolutely yeah i would i would 
Yeah, be, be very strategic the, about keep, that. I would keep well, I'm that. Gonna, I'm going to keep this one because I just want one. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep the the rising script with the uh, with the Vancouver package. Yeah, and all these notes of like how to get to the uh, <laughs> to this to the studio, like from my house. The production hand wrote me, so I, I would know how to get there. Had like you driving. lived in Vancouver before? No, I oh, and the fo- the first photo gallery shoot. Oh man, let's see him. Oh no, no, it's oh. just a page. It's just I haven't looked through these. It's just like so. Yeah, it, it's it's nothing. It's just all the like the schedule sheets. Oh, and stuff. got it. Okay, for it's promotional. Just like I just I'm just flooded with memories of like being a 24 year old. Oh man, it's me talking, me writing notes about all the weapons that Ford carries. Tactical switchblade. Yeah, because he was going to be the weapons the weapons expert. On the yeah, show. that was yeah that was originally. I mean, he was, but they didn't really uh, enhance that aspect of it. Yeah, they didn't enhance many aspects until they until uh, they were kicking me out. Well, I mean, <laughs> and they're like, give him acting stuff now. <laughs> it's on the way out. Let him act. It's it's difficult because you know you've got. You got to show every every show, even if it's a spinoff, is trying to figure out what it is. Oh yeah, you know, and this, the, some pieces rise and some pieces don't get to rise, and it's just so yeah. frustrating. Because you were my favorite in season one, I think I told you that years ago, and it's just Aww. like you know, and it can't, the information comes out that he's not returning, and it's like, come on, come on, you know. Yeah. But take me back to Rising before we get there. Um, yeah. You know the. Okay, so you're you new about, city. Yeah. Yeah. About day one. Um, well, uh, you know, you know that I also had to leave to go there. I got the job and was shooting the pilot within forty-eight hours. I think so. Yeah. I so they 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 hired me. I don't know, like a a week before shooting, and then they um, they flew me out. Yeah, basically, like on two days' notice, and then I was in van. I had no idea what was going on in life. <laughs> I've said this several times, but um, pardon me. There's a point in the pilot episode rising where I would be able to go there and you'll just, it, it's the first shot that we, I can tell you, I know I just by my face. I know that that's the first thing we ever shot because I, I just rode there with Robert Patrick, who's like one of my favorite guys. And he was asking me to play him rap music for the whole month he that we shot. He asked me to play him like obscure rap music in the morning. We used to ride together. Uh-huh. And uh, that was the weirdest thing in my life. And I loved every minute. He's so funny, by the way. He's so funny. Um, so I'm meeting the T2000 every morning, which is just... 1, what, oh, is he the one thousand? One thousand. Oh my god! There's no T two thousand yet. The the gall, the, the disrespect. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Thank you, thank you. I'm gonna get keeping you on the straight and narrow, brother. Four hundred messages from Terminator fans, like <laughs> it's the T one thousand. Actually, Rainbow. <laughs> I don't know if you know this. There is no T two thousand. Stupid actor. Um, <laughs> did you even watch the movie? So. Yeah, there's a point in the. Sorry, I'm I'm insane today. Good. I I I was on night shoots. I haven't slept at all. <laughs> um, so there's a point I can I can literally pinpoint. I can I can put my finger and say like 
this is where I have no idea what's going on. It's me and Rachel and and I, there's like this sweeping shot. And if you look at me, I just look like I'm a deer in headlights because I had literally just gotten there like a few hours before I had gotten off a plane. Is that like in the so tent on Athos? And I'm like 23 years old. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. what is happening? Like I've been on TV my whole life, but it was still like I was on Stargate. Uh, I, I was so excited. You have you, you have to understand that like for me to be a 23 year old kid and be on a sci-fi show and be able to play in space. It was everything to me. I I was so happy. And so you ask about like the feelings of first meeting each other and stuff. It was incredible. Rachel and I got along really well immediately. And, um, and, and Joe and I got along really well um, from the start who I absolutely love more and more each day. Uh, Joe Flanagan. I I am just, yeah, I love that dude. There's something about <laughs> him. He's he's soulful, you know. I've yeah, I've just I feel like I've watched us both grow as mm-hmm. humans, as people, you mm-hmm. know. And I'm I'm really I I love where he's at right now. Mm-hmm. I just love it. I love where he's at. Absolutely. Yeah. How special? Dude. How was Hewlett? Hewlett is great. <laughs> when when Hewlett's in a good mood, he's great. That's what I. That's you fair. know. Yeah, you can't when keep Hewlett... the energy up the entire time. Sixteen hours every day I, on I set. Will... You know. Here's what I'll say: as as a kid, I didn't realize the um, the weight that Hewlett had as an actor on him on that show. You mean like with the dialogue? Um, yeah, with the dialogue it's a pain in the ass. and 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 the pa- and the power of exposition. It wasn't until so I I had to I did a show for four years or five years called The Listener here in Canada, yes. um, which I started as soon as I got back from Vancouver in 2010. And I played a character named Dev Clark, who yes. is um, the technical. Uh, he's the computer guy. He's the. Oh, she was so on I the was, other foot. Yeah, so I was in charge of you know tech talk and exposition for for four years and that's when i realized um the difficulty of what david had to do it's really really difficult and it's a completely different skill set uh that i had to develop that he had uh, overflowing david really has a knack for that and i studied him when i got into it because it's not just about talking fast you know pace is a lot of it but there's so much more to it you have to find something in a weird way that endears what you're saying to like makes it interesting for the audience it's 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 really weird skill set to be the exposition guy because you're just pushing the story so many so much of the time you you are but the words can't just come out and at a certain no, you pace to, and in the right order. They have to mean have to something to you to mean something to the audience. Passionate about nothing. And, right? Because most of the stuff everyone around you already knows that you're saying. <laughs> like right. all the characters already, you're just, they could easily look at you and be like, yeah, I know, dude, we've been doing this the whole time together. You know, like, why are you saying that? But it's <laughs> for the audience. <laughs> There's a fourth wall that's, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah, Hewlett, 
is a master at what he does and he's 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 great and when he's happy he's a lovely guy to be around <laughs> you have no, i love you um, i take the bit you got to work with some uh awesome actors over the over the course of of your time there and some really cool stunts uh james bamford yeah. You know, you had a fight Bam sequence Bam. with Bam Bam. What a god among men! That guy can do. He is game for anything. Yeah, yeah. As long as I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's incredible. I mean, I'm. I love Bam Bam. Working with him was great. Um, yeah, some of those fight scenes. You know, we we were um, we were the first ones to do a flying armbar on on uh, TV. Uh, so can you translate that? I think that was in. I think that was the in layman? Brotherhood. I think that was in the Brotherhood episode. Um, it's uh, basically um, an MMA move where you jump up, wrap your leg while in the air, wrap your leg around his neck and other arm, and then while you're wrapping your arm around this one, and then they you can basically snap their arm while they're standing up before they drop or, or use it to drop them and then snap their arm once they're dropped. And you must make yeah. you feel like a badass. Um, yeah, it was funny. Um, I think it was, was it Paul that I did it on? I think it was Paul Lazenby. Um, who's like this ama- great actor in Vancouver and, but he's, uh, he's massive. He's probably, he, <laughs> and he, now he's slimmed down, but he's like, you know, six, whatever. And, probably got a hundred pounds on me at the time <laughs> and so he it was funny to have me jump up there on him and he just sort of held me he, he could hold me there if he wanted to normally <laughs> in place you're, you're meant to like drop someone and he's just like all right you want you ready all right and then he fell <laughs> i just had to do it the technical move so the camera caught it but i was so great to be able to do all my own stunts on that show um you know 90 more than 90% of everything that you see Ford doing is me. Uh, the only time it's not me is when stuff was exploding in my face. Mm. Um, and there was a bit of one fight sequence where we, uh, Jason and I got so muddy and exhausted that they brought in our doubles to finish it up. Cause it was in the rain at that, one point that episode, but, but that's, that's a runner. Yes. Which Run- is my favorite episode in Atlantis. It's a good it's a good show, you know, for all kinds of reasons. It um go ahead. No, I you look like you had something really... on the tip of your tongue. Oh, um I just think I, I thought Runner the the reason I really love Runner is I think it's a really well paced episode and it's it's got uh the cinematics in it are completely different from any other episode. It looks different. Uh, you also get introduced to Ronan, which is a pretty monumental uh, moment in uh, in the Atlantis story. Um, and it's sort of the transferring of me and him, which was really cool. And you get to see me fight Jason Momoa, which is uh, pretty cool. I mean, he was a lot smaller then also. so yeah, he's, more... he's a very different guy physically he's now. Massive. He, um, yeah. we, we went up, uh, Darren and I went up when we were shooting, uh, when they were, I can't remember what you guys were filming, but uh, Bam Bam took us aside and said, 
check this out. Check this. And he, we went into our, he was so excited and he went into yeah. a, it took us into our room and everything was on DV tapes back then. So he just loaded it onto his laptop and he yeah. had choreographed the, the draft of, of, of all of the behind the scenes fighting that you guys did in practice so that he could oh, then yeah. turn it over to the team so that you guys could execute it again on set. But he, he would always like, he was like oh, his he, own director in his shoot, own right. He would shoot. Well, that was when he was starting to, cause he was, he was a great fight choreographer then right. and, and stunt man, but he was starting to, I remember that cause he shot. He did his own TV cameras the, of everything. Yeah, he would shoot the fights like our practice runs and then cut and actually cut it together so he could also so he could show the the production team. Exactly. And say like what it this was is what was... I think. Right. This is what I'm thinking. Yeah. How long yeah. would it take? I mean that that's a big fight. That's probably Atlantis' first real like real like fight sequence. How long did that take to rehearse and execute? So the note from the top for that fight, it was really funny because we went, I remember going into the office after work one day and um, they said, uh, me and Jason were there and they said, would they want to make this fight like a Jason Bourne fight? They said that, you know, it's rare. Like we haven't had two guys like you on this show Mm -hmm. that are, that can go at it. So, Mm -hmm. and, and, and Bam Bam was like, yeah, let's, let's do what we can because we got two athletes that can go at it yeah and in the story um, ford's drugged up to the gills at this point oh yeah and yeah and then you've got a runner who's you know just by design just a machine so yeah yeah they grossly inflated his power i would say to <laughs> ford ford should have been able to wipe, wipe <laughs> snap <him up>. his <laughs> neck <laughs> yeah ford really should have been able to just destroy him uh but that's cool they were introducing a new power right. character had to make him super powerful um, there's another point in one of the episodes where we get hit with stunners and I go down before him. And I was like, also, that wouldn't happen if I was on, on Wraith yeah. Enzyme. Have you seen the last episode? They just no. really like to inflate Ronan's power. I was like, on set, I was like, there's no way this would happen in there. Like, just go with it. I was like, all right, okay. Cool, yeah. okay. You guys are- <laughs> but um, yeah, Runner was such a great episode. I love that episode so much. Yeah, sorry. No, you're all right. Um, oh. You came back for the Lost Boys and the Hive. Lost Boys, those are good episodes, too. I really love those episodes, too. They're oh, solid. you're making me want to watch Stargate. I haven't seen it in so long. You know, you really should. It's kind of a good show. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what was it like feeling that character out as basically a whole new creature, a whole new person, you know, did you have, how did, how did you reinterpret him? You know, who had lost someone who had lost his family, someone who for better or for worse believed that, you know, well, he that they had really abandoned him. Raised by his grandparents too. That's so true. He... I mean, the Atlantis family. The well, Atlantis, yeah, I was going to say he lost his family yeah. and then he also lost, his second family as yeah well, exactly you know? now he's, he's wandering around pegasus building this yeah. this almost cult of boys together who yeah. are just going after the wraith um yeah. tell us about that new journey uh it, w- it was interesting to finally be given some meat and be able to do what i do and i remember i was very excited about it and i was also very sad about 
at the time, um, not, you know, knowing that, that these were my last episodes, um, I was very sad. I really got very depressed at the end of uh, Stargate. It was, it was rough on me because I really thought that I was going to be there for a while. Yeah. That's what I was told. Yeah. And, uh, and then also it was just like such a great big job. And it was, I moved out on my own, you know, it was like, it was, it was a whole lifestyle switch for me and everything was amazing. And then it was just taken away from me. So I used a lot of that for Ford. Uh, I used a lot of that feeling of loss that, that was easily relatable to the job because it was in the job that I was doing. Yeah. Um, uh, Paul McGillian, who's, who's my dear brother, who I, I love so yeah. very much. Um, um, him, I, he and I and, and Rachel were very inseparable offset. We hung out all the time. We really loved to, to be together. And Paul and I have always been extremely close. And Paul is such a good actor. He's great. He's a really, really balanced and diverse actor. He can do anything. And I asked Paul to help me to work on, it's the first time I've ever, I had ever done that, but I, I had asked, I asked Paul, I said, Paul, can I come over? I said, I'm, I'm having a hard time uh, with my own emotions going back to work on this show. Uh, and he really helped me to like harness um, some of the hurt and, and put it into the new Ford. Um, uh, from sort of from runner on, mm. uh, he he really was there for me, and we would go through the script and break it down, and um, and then he would he would on the weekend do reads with me, and I would just read with him, and it was really really nice. So I, I I'm really grateful that he gave that young man uh, time to to grow and explore some things because I, I wasn't very like secure at that time i was i was very very sad and i didn't feel um like i knew what i was doing you know it was weird it's 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 one of those difficult situations where you know you can't help but feel like on 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 some level you know well if i had only just done this or you know or if they had only just given me this then it would <laughs> then it would have worked and Programming, this stuff is so subjective. It goes in one direction and doesn't go in another. And, you know, you can't help as an artist, I'm sure, but take so much of that onto yourself, for better or for worse. Yeah. Yeah, you you, you immediately do. I mean, I, I you know, you can't, especially I wasn't given a reason. I, to this day, I have no idea why, you know. Um so that's hard. And then you overthink things and you make up your own reasons and it's usually blaming yourself for something, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was rough. It was a rough time, but I also wanted to make use of the time that they, they finally did give me a whole bunch. If you look at one of, I, I got to say to this day, I really, I, I watched it not too long ago cause I was cutting t together a, a demo reel for a project that was requested mm -hmm. And I was going through a bunch of the Atlanta stuff because I wanted something yeah. uh, from that show on it. 
And the opening to Lost Boys, me telling the story, there's like a really cool stunt I do in it. This, the stories, it's like, it's like me talking for like six pages. Uh, and, and I, you know, I dose them. They get their first dose in the food of the Wraith enzyme and all that stuff. Welcome to the club. That, yeah. Yeah, uh, you're, what is it? You're all. Oh, I forget so the exact line too, but it's, yeah, you're, you're all, you're all, you're all part of the team now. Yeah. You're all, you're all part of the team now. Um, and then it goes into another thing where me and Shepard have a little talk in the back room. That was like all of a sudden they gave me like nothing to say in the first season other than sort of in the eye in the storm. There was a few episodes where I got to do so. And then they just like dumped, they were like, Oh, here you go. And I was like, Oh, I wish you had just done this before. So I, you know, so it was, it was a weird juxtaposition of like, thank you for finally giving me something to do. And so I can show the fans Mm -hmm. why I'm here, like Mm -hmm. why I was hired. But at the same time, like, See you later. <laughs> yeah, I'm not being handed a bone. I'm being handed a steak this time, but I'm on yeah. the outside looking in almost, you know? That had got yeah. to have been weird. So. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, but I love that for anyone watching. If you, yeah, I love that opening scene. It's a really nice little mm. Ford. It's a nice Ford moment. It's a really, really nice Ford moment. Rainbow, I have a ton of fan questions to get to. Oh, it's, good. It's kind I would of, love kind of crazy. Um, got I nearly, uh, I've got uh, 150 concurrent viewers right now. So, oh, hi everybody. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm sure I've met a whole bunch of you. Absolutely. Let me tell you that I love each and every one of you. So, before I get much. to them, fandom, going to conventions, meeting these people, um, love it. Love it. I love every minute. What a reward. It can't, I mean, it's just to to know that, to know that you've definitively made a positive impact on people's lives. I'm, I go to them and um, I'll, I'll go to them and I'll, you know, just go as I go as a fan. Also. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Like there, it it was funny. There's a, there's a big one we have here called fan expo in, Uh in Toronto. It's massive. And, uh, every time I go, I end up doing a signing, but I'm not paid to do a signing. I end up literally sitting there and it's the best thing in the world. Like I went to go see Joe when he was there. I, I love them. I love meeting everyone. I love nerding out with everyone because I don't get to do that, um, in my normal life other than with my sister, you know? Um, so I get to be myself and, and be in a group of people that has similar interests, which is so nice to me because normally I'm on set or I'm, right. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm You're working. Nerd. Yeah. I'm also, I can't talk my shit. You know what I mean? I just go play my Nintendo switch in my trailer. And... <laughs> so it's, so it's, it's great. You know, I, I, yeah, I can't say how much I'm so grateful to have been on a few different sci-fi shows now. Mm-hmm. Um, and meeting all the people and getting to to talk about the things that we love is so special to me. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Claire. And it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing. It's um, conventions. The deeper you get into them, you know, there's like, there's dances and things and songs and things that only you get, you, you only get at these conventions. It's, it's a, there's a, there's a, a cult sort of. It is kind of cultish. 
Yeah, th- there's stuff that I know that my friends don't know, even if they've been to conventions. Does yeah. that make sense? Like, there's levels to it. Oh, like, absolutely, there is. Yeah, you, you've got the to to let a little people a little bit of of in for some people. The um, you've got the the groups that just you know go with their families and they go for autographs and they go to get the stories, yeah. and then you've got you know this whole layer of I know a couple of girls who go you know just to try and get some one-on-one time with an actor if you know what i'm saying it's just like whoa okay now i am not here for that but we are it's like all right you know to each your own (laughs) that's fine because a lot of you guys are single and you know what some things have gone down so i've seen some things go down (laughs) oh god i i've i've never gone down but yeah i've seen some things gone down yeah i've seen some things go down for sure (laughs) Claire, sure. Claire Burr wants to know, whose idea was it to have Shepard make fun of Ford about naming things? How did the whole joke of Ford shouldn't be allowed to name things come about? Was that in the script or was that external from that? That's a great question. Uh, there was one. So many of the things just start as as a one off. So th- there was the first time, I think, um, in the pilot. Life science detector. Was it life science detector first or was it? Okay. Yeah, Atlanta yeah, I thought it was later. the life science detector. I thought it was a puddle jumper. Uh, that could have been. That actually, you know, the life science detector was second. You're right. Yeah, I think it's puddle jumper. So, so we did that, <clears throat> and then from that we started rolling into, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a this, it's a this life science. And every time we had to name something, I was present there. So we just started saying the joke over and over again and eventually they just we'll kept it putting it in the script where I, I never get to name anything yeah <laughs> yeah i love that see that's the one thing that i miss about ford is those big brother moments um when ford left you don't you don't have those moments anymore you don't have someone who's very proficient in what they do but also wide-eyed wide-eyed and a kid and and just open to everything mm-hmm. you know you, you you lose that whole angle when ford leaves and yeah that, that you lose leaves. the marine angle too you know, all the rest of them were yeah. air force so or shepherd yeah. was so there was that yeah. aspect of it you know that i uh having marines in my family i mean that was a big deal yeah too. And my, my dad was army so um gib what was the most um this is this is this could be heavy. Uh, what was the most significant oh, life takeaway from your time with the show? Significant life takeaway. I think we've kind of talked about that, you know, with learning. I you think, know, to deal I think with... I learned. I think I learned a big lesson in the business uh, mm-hmm. on that show. I think. I think that was. I think I I got a lot weaker and a lot tougher after that show. Um, it definitely contributed to uh, anxiety and depression afterwards, but it also made me realize that just go do your work and, uh, you know, you'll never know what's going to happen. I toughened up a lot. I think I, I toughened up a lot after that. And um, I also wanted to make sure that every time I showed up, I just went super hard ever since, ever since that job, I, I've just gone at every job I've done 
with uh with incredible dedication and just been like if these are the only moments that i have then uh i'm not i'm not gonna bank on even even if i'm just a tertiary character that they're not giving a lot i'm gonna give a lot to it you know make it Um, count as as best i can for myself i mean i i don't mean it's not like i i I was trying harder than any course yeah in atlantis but i it was different in my mindset was slightly different than it is now yeah but yeah I think just toughening up is the the, the takeaway. Yeah. yeah. Erica Stroham. You've done a few different... Oh, Erica. Hi, Mama. You know Erica? Yes. All right. Very well. You've I done love her so much. A few different genres in your acting career. Uh, yes. Which genre is a personal favorite to play? Uh, there's so much to be had from each genre of acting that i like we were talking about exposition and being like the tech guy that's so fun but after a few years it's not fun anymore yeah um i would say comedy i you know i i i love when i get to play uh in comedies it's so much fun uh it's fun exploring what's funny it's it's fun exploring the moment pardon me getting to uh improv getting to do all that stuff it's it's great but there's i I love everything i don't know it's funny like i said i was cutting a demo reel and i was going through i i realized like oh man i've like amassing a lot of work and now (laughs) it's true i was like it's like man i've actually been working um (laughs) uh high fidelity was my favorite job i've done in a long time and that's that perfect mix of real drama and and real comedy where it's like realistically funny, you know, um, not like caricatures of any human being. So I, I well, that, it's grounded, you know, it's I've, very I've read the synopsis. It's extremely I grounded, I, but it's I like also, it. yeah, it can also be obscure and sort of over the top, but right. it's still for some reason it feels real, you know. Yeah. yeah. And if you haven't watched that, guys, we just got canceled. Another heartbreak. So there's the life lesson. I toughened up. It only took me like a week to get over that one. <laughs> but if it's it's still worth watching. Oh, it yeah. is. It, well, no one knew why it got canceled. It was literally, if you look at the acclaim, it's like Rolling Stone, New York Times, uh, you know, whatever magazines, whatever websites. Yeah. All said, it's like, you know, top three, top five, best show, new shows. Like Nothing safe anymore. No. And then they just out of the blue. Jeez. They're just like, you're not doing it. I was like, why? Like, what? Ah, you never know. Dreams Factory. You were my favorite character in SGA. And if you could tell us, uh, what was uh, one of your favorite scenes to film? Oh. Go ahead. Um. Oh, man. I know. Uh... We haven't talked about the storm in the eye that much. Trapped in a puddle jumper. There's some good scenes in there. Okay, that was me, Paul, and Rachel trapped right. in a puddle jumper. Exactly. We laughed for two days in that little puddle jumper together <laughs> on those seats because we loved each other. But after being in uh, something the size of a king size bed for that long, oh man, we love. Oh god, <laughs> not, I'm not even going to talk about uh, 38 minutes and being in. Oh, with- that's right. That's a rough episode. That was, yeah, that was, uh, no one, no one was happy. And a no bug on Joe's happy. neck, nonetheless, which I'm sure well, he, he loved. Was, and he was tied to yeah. the door. 
so he couldn't move while we were shooting. Uh, so he just had to sit there for hours. Oh, it was the worst. And I was sick. Like, I, I feel like I am now. I, I swear I got sick after that night shoot, mm. being out in the cold. It's winter here, so. Yeah. <clears throat> Good old Canadian winter. <laughs> um, so what scene do I like? Okay, this isn't a scene with... Oh, okay, I'll say there's a couple. Um, there's a scene where Jason and I, where I'm trying to tell him that, like, it's good for him to take this enzyme and he should trust me. Uh, it's one of my favorite scenes because it's literally me and him talking about the last time we fought. And I'm like, I'm like, you ask a, you ask a dozen people who would win in a fight between you and me, they'd choose you, hands down. Hell, I'd choose you. Oh my god! I can't believe I know this from 15 years ago. How do I? Uh, I go hell. I'd choose you. I go, but we went toe to toe, and he goes, but so I guess it's still undecided. And I go, you'll come around. I know you. You'll come around, Ronan. I know you will. And I just walk off, and it's like one of my favorites. I'm like so g'd out in that scene. I was just like, because <laughs> he's because it's. I I just love if you watch it again. It's like he plays it really straight and I just sort of take, I deflate everything. Cause I knew he was going to give me that, like Jason Momoa, Jason Momoa. So I was like, I'm about to just like <laughs> diffuse this whole situation. <laughs> and uh, it's one of my favorite scenes. And it starts with me doing a bunch of little like roles in the stunt thing at the beginning. It's a great little scene. So that one I love. And then the other one I love is, uh, is, I think it's the beginning of runner and it's, 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 it's the opening scene and you have two of the scientists walking out and it's dark and they're oh, like, look what at are that we plant. looking for? Yeah. Oh. What, yeah. Yeah. They're looking for plants and um, you're in the tree. Yeah. So Martin Wood directed that episode, I believe. And I remember us being out and we we're trying to, he was trying to figure out, how to make this work and they had me being revealed just from like behind a tree or you know what I mean they're like under a log or something and I went and they had the big it was it was on a giant swinging jib arm so I was like I, I I'll take the credit for this but, but uh, I work I worked with Martin Wood on it and I said what if I went up there and he went yeah he's oh he's also the best human ever his energy is so good he's like yeah rainbow can you get up there and so i shimmied myself like jackie chan in between these two trees and i got up and i just sat there and he's like how long can you last and i go i go i can i can do maybe 10 minutes up here and he goes we need you up there for longer probably so they built a little um like a, a ledge? Little, they, they, they drilled just a little... All I needed was just something for my heel. Just like a heel lock, right? Yeah. So I wasn't putting all the strain on my legs. And um, so they put, like, they drilled in this little thing. It took about four minutes for them to get a ladder and do it. And then that was it. So I just sat up there while they did take after take. And they brought the, the jib arm up as they passed by me. And that was one of my other favorite things. Because I, I love that he gave me the input. And it really made the... It made the shot. And that was me mm -hmm. really going for it in my last episodes. Like, how can I make every moment count? I'm going to be there. 
I'm going to help any way I can and, uh, and, and use all my efforts. So those, those are my favorite scenes. I'm the most long winded person in the world. I'm so sorry. Oh, I love it. <laughs> better than, better than abbreviated answers. Absolutely. <laughs> Bethany Jacques. Did you do any, and other than the ones that we've mentioned, did you do any yeah. ad libs in Atlantis? Yeah. Um, but I don't remember. Mm. I don't, I, I mean, my brain is pretty good for scripts, but as far as like the ad lib stuff that made it, um, I know, I know. Uh, you want to play a game of pick on Ford? There was a couple times when I, I, I brought, I recalled that, and that I know every time after the first time was me doing that. Um, um, all the McKay stuff in, uh, is it in Runner? Yeah, in Runner where he's upside down and I'm laughing at him. And saying stuff. <laughs> right. Most of that, most of that was just to fill space because he was actually hanging upside down and he was very grumpy that day. <laughs> very grumpy. Hanging upside down, but I understand. <laughs> I, I totally understand. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know very many ad-libs. Uh, there's a few. They were they were great scripts. They really didn't need much ad libbing, to be honest. Um, it would be very far and few between. It would mostly just be for pacing fixes if we if we did anything like that. Yeah, mm. the scripts were pretty complete. Like they were, the writing was. You know, solid. These guys know what they're doing. They, they know, know what they're doing. Yeah, Mustang Sally. Uh, we already got into this. Uh, you you posted that you found a bunch of pics and scripts from SGA. Do you ever find things laying around that remind you of something from set? And tying into that, David Lindbergh, uh, do you have anything that you were able to take home from the set? David. Oh, that's my brother. Hi, <laughs> I love him. What did he say? Did, did anything what? anything that you were able to take home from the set? Didn't you have a jacket? No, all of my stuff got sold, yeah. including my including my chair back. Yeah, that was me. They never sorry, man. they never told me that they were doing it. So I think uh, props works. Yeah, that was. I, I wish I had known. I would have all my stuff. There's some, and there's some guy who we we found the guy that has my chair back, and he won't sell it to me. He's like, no, I want it. I'm like, can I just have it? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll pay. You can make a profit. Like, I'll buy it. I'll right. double, double your money, triple your money. We're putting that care. out there. If it. you're watching, so. yeah, I just want it. It would be nice to have on the wall, you know. Absolutely. Because uh, I got nothing. Jason, I think Jason uh, is known to be the guy that took everything. I think he's got, I think he's got a bit of everything, which is awesome. I know he didn't take any of his guns. I sold his guns. So. Oh really? I thought he took uh, a blaster. Uh, he may have, but he didn't take the main <laughs> one. So because the, oh, the full working oh. one, man, was that thing cool? Holy yeah, it was cow! Cool. It was cool. Um, uh, well, uh, but I oh I did find I don't know where they are now, or I would bring them out. I did find also some. Uh, of the art art department i would go to the art department and ask them for things when they were done with them that were on the wall so i have a bunch of the posters i know i have mckay's uh the turtle, turtle brooch the, yeah the, the ancient brooch, yeah. Uh, personal uh shield the force field yeah so i i have the all the specs for that from art department i have a bunch of cool like posters that i'm uh i'm probably gonna the art- i don't know maybe i'll keep them i don't know what to do with all this stuff man well you gotta go through it just take your time with it. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I would rather like if I keep this, mm. the the rest of the stuff. Oh, I found a gang of Polaroids. I have so many Polaroids. They're all from SG One though. They're all. Isn't that interesting? 
Yeah. Hmm? Like I have like continuity, continuity Polaroids that I think got left in my trailer and I just brought them home and never brought them back. So they're, I think they're from season two or something. It's crazy. Two or three. Blau Fare Cabello. I'm probably sure. butchered that. Which villain, sure. including the Replicators and all of the Stargate franchise, would you avoid the most? Uh, I mean, System Lords, probably. <laughs> <laughs> they seem like the ones I want to avoid. I feel like I feel like just the name System Lord seems like someone you don't want to. Yeah. And they yeah. were pretty well dressed. Name, I mean, you have your, your own clothing line, so... Now maybe they yeah. can wear some of your stuff. Yeah. Oh God. Um, yeah, I think those guys I mean the Wraith are scary. The Wraith are no joke, but I kinda they became lunch, so they did. Uh, yeah, yeah, they had a different mindset so... for them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I really did. I really did. Ian, Rainbow, what's your recommended drink? Uh, water. <laughs> but alcohol, tequila. I suspect tequila, okay. <laughs> Yeah, tequila all day. Tequila, tequila with uh, just fresh lime, just very sour, just tequila and lots and lots of lime juice, and it's it's horribly tart and it's amazing. I'm, I love, <laughs> yeah. I love tart, I love tart. Yeah. Keith Homel, out of all the Stargate conventions to which you've been, do oh you have uh, any particular favorite moments? <laughs> That's a broad question. Um, uh, I don't have any particular favorite moments. Oh, boy. Um, oh, boy. Uh, doing improv with Gary Jones is always a lot of fun at, at any time. Or, uh, um, But, oh, man. Let's see. My favorite moments from conventions. Uh, there was I, I was in Germany, and uh, I decided to bring one of my best friends with me, Arcade, who's like my homie since like high school. So I was like, "Hey, man, what are you doing?" I said they 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 said they'd bring uh, my girlfriend, but I we broke up, so I got this extra ticket. You want to? Hey, there you go. <laughs> you want to come to Germany? He's like, "Yeah, dude, let's go." like you want to spend the week in germany with me he's like yeah let's go so we go and do this convention and oh man who was there i'm trying to remember who was there with us at the convention i know it was people from battlestar were there okay good um, cast yeah i'm just trying to remember who it was grace park no tomo pennicott no it was trisha helfer jamie bamber trisha might have been there okay. No, James I know Nick. I know. Eddie. No, Nick. Nikki Klein was there. Nikki? And, okay. Uh, oh, Aaron Douglas. Uh, it does matter. Okay. <laughs> oh yes, it Go was Douglas. Okay, it, it was, and he was in his heyday of being an animal. It was great, <laughs> and uh, and so. We, we couldn't go anywhere, and we were in this in this convention sort of hotel, and that was it. And I was with my boy. And he met some like cute girls in the lobby and were like, come to this party. And it was the convention party. And I got so, like, I didn't drink a lot back then. 
And I got, I think I drank like a whole bottle of vodka. Oh, and I drank vodka back then. And I, I think I drank a whole bottle of vodka. And the next thing I knew, him and I were both passed out. He puked on the side of the bed. I was asleep on the just on the floor. And the door was wide open the whole night with people walking back and forth that were convention goers. And they just saw us like laid out, which was the greatest thing for stories. The next, <laughs> like people God. were showing me pictures they had taken. Oh. oh, it was great. It was great. I never went to university. So I feel like that was my Your uh, dorm moment. Yeah, I had a little like I had a dorm moment. You know, I kind of got to have that feeling of like being absolutely irresponsible. It was great. It was really great. Yeah. Matthew Hall, we we talked about this a little bit. How demanding or fun was it altering a character personality, altering Ford's uh, personality in a way that was fitting to the story after playing the part for for so long? Just taking yeah. him and basically making him a whole new person. Yeah. Um it was great. I, I think I got to expand on him. I didn't have to make him a whole new person because you hadn't seen enough of him yet. That's true. You hadn't seen his whole personality. So what I got to do was create what you hadn't seen and then make make extremes of all of them. So, you know, when he's happy, he's super duper happy. And then he's not happy again immediately after. So just having that sort of really shifty personality um was was what we were going for so it was more almost. about showing more more of him you know yeah almost bipolar oh very Just high highs and very, low very, lows very schizophrenic yeah to be honest He's, you know um that's what we are working on is those quick switches and uh hoping that the editor would also help with that um afterwards um as far as not making him look absolutely nuts like if i was doing it at, in different takes doing different things so he wasn't like up down up down up down up I'm like, <laughs> well you know on, <clears throat> at, at the same time <clears throat> he's still a boy you know and well yeah they and have to have that humanity there. for love yeah like, he just wants he want. he you know he, he he cared so much about there's a point in in runner when i fought when i first meet mckay and i you know I hold him at gunpoint. I walk him. And then the first thing I'm saying is, so what I miss, like what's going on over there. And he's like, you know, Shepard got an upgrade and I'm like, Oh really? It's like, Oh, good for him. Like, that's crazy. Like I have a gun to my friend's head and I'm just asking him for the gossip. And then I'm also happy about the promote. Like it's super weird. The more, yeah. He's the genuinely more, the happy about the promotion, at but at, at the yeah. same time, it's, you know, I'm holding this but under your head. But he could also kill this guy at any time. He could. Uh-huh. And all he's yeah. thinking is, I just want to prove myself. I want to show yeah. her that I'm okay yeah. as I hold this I under no, your head. But I have heavy trust issues, you know? Yeah. 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 David Browning, what was it like working with the great Robert Davi? Oh, I didn't like him at all. I didn't like him at all. He was really... He was very, I mean, I think maybe he was like, uh, he just seemed like a dark dude. I don't know. He's a great actor. I love all of his work. I, he was really dark. Was he just he intense? Yeah. I didn't okay. really like, I didn't really like, I didn't really get to, yeah. Okay. He, I didn't, yeah. He was great. Like, 
unbelievable. I just, I never got into his personality. I think we had a real uh, difference of opinion on politics at the time. Okay. I think he was a heavy Republican and that was Bush in office. And I really wasn't feeling that at the time. So I think I sort of stayed away. But I, I, I don't disagree with the great Robert Davi at all. He is absolutely just a powerhouse. Yeah. Yeah. He was, yeah, he was good. I don't know. I, like I said, I was also just like there. I had to jump on some guy's back during that right. episode and pass out. I was worried about other things. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Barry yeah. Barry, uh, your favorite sci-fi show of all time. Let's exclude, let's exclude, um, the, the I mean let's let's just take Stargate out of contention you know because you know oh yeah yeah, yeah. that's uh, uh, outside uh, of outside of Stargate what's your favorite sci-fi show uh well fuck man the Mandalorian right now is just like everything it is like thank John Favreau yeah Dave Filoni I haven't oh seen season God. two yet. Um, oh, everyone's ra- I've, I've watched season one. I, everyone's raving about it. So, oh, the last like the last episode was so good. Um, <laughs> I'll oh. watch them when they're all done. My favorite sci-fi show, uh, Rick and Morty. <sighs> That's another this one that I want to see. I haven't show. seen it yet, though. I oh, heard it's, you're I, gonna die. No, I've got it's them. All you're gonna watch. Yeah, I've got them, and I'm I'm gonna mow them down. I've I've heard. You know, it's like it has, like yeah, it's a cartoon, but it has depth oh no and it has oh, no. meaning it's, it's you know a, it's not a cartoon at all <laughs> it's like yeah oh hold on my legs okay oh these these creaky bones <laughs> oh, um, come on these old creaky bones i love um, that creator community i mean dan Harmon is brilliant Harman's incredible He's so subversive incredible he's so smart you wait till you watch the show um, but as it. far as like i know i know what they're asking is probably more like uh, probably for more of a classic. Thing. Um, I think Firefly is probably the greatest uh, sci-fi show to have that few episodes and to go as deep as it was able to go. Um, I think that show's probably one of the greatest TV shows ever made. 14, 15 episodes and remarkably consistent through that whole oh. thing. Oh, yeah. out the gate. Out the gate. It's just brilliance. Out the, yeah. Right out of the gate. Uh, yeah, I'd say that, but I'm also uh, a very diehard uh, TNG fan, so uh, I will say that TNG might be the best. And I'm a Star Wars head, uh, but yeah, as far as shows, uh, Firefly and TNG are probably my go-to's. Yeah, uh, Teresa McAllister, uh, do you think Ford's alive? Well, someone handed me a book of the continuing series and said that I came back out okay. of nowhere with a, with a beard. And I was calling myself the wolf now, like I was a lone wolf and, uh, and I was still at it. So I had weaned myself off the uh, enzyme or maybe like on, in that movie limitless, I'd learned how to, <laughs> to synthesize it and control it. Oh, sure. Jeez. You know, or I'd done enough of it that I'm just permanently strong. But uh, yeah, I think, I think Ford's, you know, Ford knew his way around uh, a hive ship. He knew what he was doing. And, and he's That's a true. pretty, pretty elusive and resourceful character. I really thought that they were going to bring him back. I so think good. it was a real misfire to have this character 
and have so much shit falling on Atlantis at certain times and not have this guy who knows the address, who's always watching from afar, who's still longing for this to be able to come in and kick ass and leave. Like there's just, it would have been, it just seems like good math, but they never did it. That's one of the things that I love about um, Martin Garrow inserting you into search and rescue because yeah. Martin was always openly, you know, at least with, with GateWorld, you know, when he would talk to us, uh, self-critical about where the show could improve. And yeah. he, he was willing to say, you know what? I think that we could have done a better job here, or I think we could have done more here. And I think yeah. that that was a nod to that character, a direct criticism from Ford to Shepard. You never rescued me. You never yeah. came back. You yeah. Know? And we... We don't well, you know, leave Gero our people behind. Gero and... was Gero wrote all of the yeah. Ford stuff that we loved. Like all the really good Ford stuff was Gero, and Gero was my really, <clears throat> pardon me, yeah, my really good friend on on set. Him and I were were real because we had both, you know, this was our both of our first really big job, uh, and we had both come from Canada, like mm-hmm. from Toronto, to do this job. So. Yeah, he was uh yeah, he was uh he was my guy. Yeah, he wrote all the really great Ford stuff. Would uh you be open to coming back to the the new Stargate series that Brad is uh is trying to uh get off the ground with MGM? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, I would love Yeah, if I could play Ford again? Oh my mm. god. Now? Oh, destruction. Yeah, let me add it. <laughs> Oh my god! Wolf. With the with the actor I am now, oh yes, fuck yeah, I'd love it. Yeah, it would it would feel like uh, yeah, it would feel really good to yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Step back into those shoes. Yeah. Oh, favorite scenes. That was another one of my favorite scenes. Sorry. No, go ahead. In in uh, Rising, when uh, when I when I when he when I say it hurts like hell, sir. And then I jumped through the gate backwards. That and, and that was also ad libbing. All most of that was a lot of that was ad libbing. It established yeah. that he'd been a member of this team, and that he'd already been over there. Yeah, yeah, or at least yeah. off world at the very least for sure. Yeah, so. yeah. My friend, yeah, this has been wonderful having you on. Was oh, that it? I've got to the bottom of the list. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. It's good to thank you. No, I love what, I love when we get to chat. It's also it's so strange for me whenever I get to revisit these um, memories, and every time it's great. It's great. It's great. It's the gift that it keeps really on giving. Is. And I yeah. think that you're. I you know, if I had to say, I'd say that you know, there's a chance that you're not done with it. I'd say that there's more for you to do. That yeah, uh, you know, Brad's Brad's really been trying hard and. You know the sky's the limit with this next one. So if we if he can get it off the ground, oh man! Right now in this market, oh yeah. I mean it's fine. It's a TV market finally. Like it's a real and it's 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 ready. Oh, I can't I I can't imagine how much fun it would be to make a Stargate now. Yeah, I would love to, I would love to be on it honestly. Yeah. Well, I am glad that you are able to get back to work up there. You know that um, I've been working steady. Yeah, I'm yeah, lucky. That's great. That's yeah. great. 
and that I mean, sleep deprivation is 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 your one of your bigger problems right now. That's a good thing <laughs> in this yeah. context. Yeah, that yeah, this whole thing has got me really. I mean, all of us, we're all just sort of trying to figure yeah. out, trying to navigate. You know, I think I think it's been a, a a wonderful thing for us all in one way that we're all getting to know ourselves deeper on an, on another level throughout all of this. <clears throat> depending on your mental stability. Yeah. You know? We're having to figure out who we're going, who we are and where we're at right now and who we're going to be next. And when we get out of this yeah. and everything else, it's so important to, uh, to look back on the parts of us uh, and our past and, and what we've enjoyed that make us the better people that we are, the best versions of ourselves that we are. And I think Stargate did that a, a in spades for both you and I. So yeah, I think this this talk with you over the last hour has done that for me yet again. Just oh, you know, you. and um, yeah, right. It, it's it's really special, and I'm so grateful to have been able to be friends with you now for so many years. You have been a. I love you, man. You have been a light. I love you too. Absolutely. You Thank um, you for always being really wonderful absolutely and thank you yeah. for being so genuine and just a light so i do my best to exist <laughs> <laughs> while i'm here i'm gonna let you get some rest yeah i'm gonna go to sleep well 8 30 <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i don't know what to do I, I might now that now that we've done this, I may go through these boxes and see what else I can find. Yeah, see what you got. Yeah, I'll let you know. Picks. Absolutely, um, right, brother. To anyone that uh, is still watching, thank you for your time and energy. I love you all, and uh, I can't wait to see you again. To those uh, who I have seen, and I can't wait to meet you. To those I haven't. <laughs> there we go. The conventions will be back. It's just a matter of time. So yeah, yeah. I hope so. All right, my boy. All right. Have an absolutely lovely night, my friend. You too, brother. I love you. you I love you too. You take care of yourself. Okay. Bye. Bye bye. Mr. Rainbow Sun Franks, everybody. Thank you so much for sticking around and uh, uh, watching the show. I appreciate your time. Before we let you go, if you like what you've seen in this episode, I'd appreciate it if you would click that like button. It really makes a difference with YouTube's algorithm and will definitely help the show grow its audience. Please also do consider sharing this video with a Stargate friend. And if you want to get notified about future episodes, click the subscribe icon. If you plan to watch live, I recommend giving the bell icon a click so you'll be the first to know of any schedule changes, which will probably happen all the time, like it did today. And bear in mind, clips from this live stream will be released over the course of the next several days and weeks on both the Dial the Gate and GateWorld.net YouTube channels. That's all I've got for you. I appreciate, again, you sticking around. Thank you so much to my mod team. You guys, I couldn't do this without you. Summer, Ian, Tracy, Keith, Jeremy. And thanks to my production assistants, uh, Jennifer Kirby and Linda Gategabber Fury. You guys make this show happen. Uh, it means a lot to me to have you all around. And next week, we will have pre-recorded episodes. Carmen Argenziano will be running at 12 o'clock Pacific time. And then at 1 o'clock Pacific time, a, a Carmen's uh, a, it's a pre-recorded interview from 10 years ago that we're going to be showing for the first time. I haven't resurrected him or anything. Um, but in a way, he will be brought back for uh, a little while next week. And then at 1 o'clock Pacific time on Saturday uh, the 21st, uh, we will be bringing in 
part two of our ongoing interviews with Mr. Joseph Malazzi. We cover season four of Stargate SG-1. So Window of Opportunity, The Curse, Scorched Earth, all of those. It's a nearly two-hour program. And that's going to be released on Dial the Gate. My name is David Reed. We'll see you on the other side. Dial the Gate is hosted and executive produced by David Reed. The producer is Darren Sumner. Co-produced by Linda Fury. The composer is Neil Acree. Animations by Bryce Ors. The production assistant is Jennifer Kirby. Moderators include Summer Roy, Keith Homel, Tracy Noller, Jeremy Heiner, Reese M., and Anthony Rowling. Logo design by Deborah J. Bell. Additional effects by Thomas Tots, with contributions by model makers Chris Baker, Stephen Barr, Kevin Zabo, and Tom Paris. The archivists are Linda Fury, Zachary Adams, and Fred Eric Marcoux. For general inquiries for submissions, please contact us at dialthegateshow at gmail.com. Visit our website for the upcoming schedule, as well as an archive of our past episodes, at dialthegate.com. <laughs>